Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our Tech Talk. Today, we are going to talk about something actually very exciting, um, traveling and technology, how technology helps us when we are traveling. Amit, Amit is here with us today. He actually backpacked a couple of years ago through South America. It, you know, he told me a lot of stories about it. It was an amazing experience from what I heard and the pictures I've seen. And he also shared with me all the, uh, all the ways technology has helped him to uh, sort of manage the travel, arrange, uh, arrange his routes and um, all, the, all, the, all the sort of places that he visited. And he, he sort of noted down how everything came together with the use of technology. And um, I, you know, we, we, we thought it would be a really good topic for us to share so you guys, when you're traveling as well, you guys can take some help, um, take some um, advice from, from Amit's experience and um, sort of adopt that, um, adopt how, um, and use technology to enhance your overall traveling experience. So thank you, Amit, for um, agreeing to talk to us. Uh, let's dive right into it. Thanks, thanks, Renat, for uh, that uh, uh, good introduction. Uh, yes, uh, I had traveled uh, South America in 2018, 2019 for five months with my wife. Um, and uh, I think we were quite uh, lucky to travel in a time where technology is, um, is so capable that we didn't have to worry about so many things that we would have had to worry about in the past right from bookings uh, for flights or accommodation, transportation, cash, uh, translations, uh, navigation, etc. So I think technology played a very important role, especially having a smartphone, which is like a mini computer in, your, in, in the palm of your hands. Because uh, in olden days, we used to travel with maps, we used to take uh, diaries, we used to travel with a pen, we used to have a camera, we used to have guides. But with technology, you have all the information in the palm of your hands and that enables you to, uh, to explore to uh, to explore new routes, to explore new ideas, to uh, connect with new people. I was really amazed uh, with which uh, I was able to use the technology on a day-to-day -day basis and how it enhanced our journey throughout uh, the trip. Because as you mentioned, we were backpacking across South America. So we had a particular route, we had to reach a particular destination. I was traveling on an Indian passport. We had to make sure that we reach certain destinations on a certain time. So technology helped us really well. So in today's talk, I will explain uh, some of the applications and tools uh, and even some of the websites that I used to help plan my whole journey and how it helped uh, me and my wife. Yes, absolutely. I mean, when you, when you think about travel, I mean, immediately the first things you think about is, oh, the destination and how exciting the experience is going to be, but you don't automatically, or you don't, um, you know, it's not the first thought uh, that comes in your head about technology and how uh, it can be integrated or how uh, necessary now it has become to, to, to any sort of traveling and how, um, you know, uh, all the all. I mean, uh, when we're thinking about traveling and technology, we might think, oh, communication is my maybe one of the things, or just booking. But no, as you mentioned, there are so many aspects where 
technology can help. I mean, before, like 20 years ago, translation would have been a nightmare, you know, if, if, whichever destination it is. But, you know, now with, you know, real-time translation, well, you know, so, sort of real-time translation, uh, that, that makes a massive difference to any country you're going to. And also, you know, it is always kind of risky a little bit you know you're going out of your comfort zone to a new country to a new culture but you 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 get all that information in the palm of your hands it is actually you know so necessary now yes uh, i mean during our travel i was quite surprised uh, with the way technology has already advanced and i think we take so many things for granted and uh, it was quite crucial for me to actually uh, i mean I mean, it's it's good that we are doing this talk because not many people are aware that you can do so many things while you're traveling. Uh, in the in the in the olden days, uh, what used to happen? We used to travel with a Lonely Planet book. Uh, we used to have a hard copy of a big map. We used to have, uh, as I, as I mentioned, cameras and notepads and pen um, and uh, phone numbers written down on a piece of paper. But with smartphone, we don't need any of it. We can uh, always find Wi-Fi somewhere. We can always uh, take the numbers of people that we are um, we connect with, and uh, we can connect with them on Instagram or Facebook, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So yes, uh, I mean, I was I was really blessed uh, to travel in an age like this because then I didn't have to worry about so many different things. So what what are the different, I mean, if you were to like, tell me like, you know, these are the five things or, you know, like communication or uh, translation, what are the main things that, uh, that, you know, in technology that helped you in, in, in your travel? Sure. Sure, uh, Renat. Uh, so I think the first thing is uh, route planning. So whenever you go traveling or backpacking or long-term travel, especially, you need to decide on a route. And uh, you can use Google Maps to plan a route. Um, and then you can uh, put, uh, you can star places in Google Maps uh, for places or locations that you want to go. But there is another application called Google uh, My Maps. Uh, and uh, that helps you to plan a route properly. You, you put pins across different parts of the uh, map and then you can connect them uh, via a line and that roughly gives you an idea about what the route you're planning to take. So in our case, we went uh, we went to the southern part and then we went our way up. That's uh, route planning. So Google Maps is very uh, essential because it helps us to see uh, what borders we need to cross and how we cross them, when we cross them, and what are the places near or close to the border and are are the cities that we are going to very far away from a border and do we need to take a flight or we can we cross the border by bus? So route planning, I think is quite important. The second thing is flights or, tra uh, or uh, the way you travel. So you can uh, take buses, trains or flights. So we normally took flights uh, to, uh, to land in the continent and then we took flights within the country and then we took buses to cross from uh, to cross the borders of one country to another because we felt it's much cheaper to cross borders by land than by air. 
so so you have your route you have your uh, travel now you uh, want to talk about uh, your accommodation so accommodation is again very important as you travel you need to make sure that you have a place to stay a place to rest a place where you can uh, take a shower uh, recuperate um, you can you can rest for a bit and you get some nice hot food so i think those are very important so for that we relied on certain websites and of course reviews uh, so once your accommodation travel and route is sorted then you think about uh, cash or how how will you make payments so we carried two cards with us uh, one was a normal credit card which helps us to rent cars because most of the cars they ask for a deposit so credit cards help us with that and then uh we carried a uh, a normal debit card uh, in the uk we have this amazing bank called starling i'll i'll get into it uh, in detail further during the talk but yes so you need to worry about your cash then the other things that you need to worry about which are uh, which may not bother a lot of people but during long term travel it does bother is how do you communicate with people and communicate with your family so there are two aspects communicating with tourists uh, whom you meet across the journey communicating with locals uh, in the country when you go out to eat when you go out to for an event where you go out for walks or guided tours and then how do you communicate with your family so there are different tools uh, that you can use in order to communicate uh, across the different uh, areas and uh, and then the last thing is uh, a document management so as we travel we carry a lot of things like we carry our passports which has all the visa stamped then we carry all the tickets or the boarding passes then we have some other travel documents uh, then we have uh, travel vaccinations etc so documents related to that if you are if you are planning to drive you might also have a international driving license or a driving permit so you'll have those documents so managing all those documents managing all the tickets managing all the bookings in one place is also quite important so so you have to manage all the documents in a central repository which can be accessed by uh, anyone so either yourself your partner or your family so i think these are the key essential things that you need to worry about apart from many other things but these are the key essential things one is route one is uh, the travel how you will travel the accommodation the cash the uh, the communication uh, channel uh, and yeah so and and then document management Wow, there is so many things you know uh, involved in 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 a long term traveling plan that is amazing, and to be honest, one of the other one of the things I just noticed is that there is a lot of technology to help, but one of the main thing is organization. You have to be yes. organized and you know note down all the all the information and no you know plan beforehand, and that's very important for to make a, like a you know like a long term backpacking. you know traveling successful cuz you know to keep track of all the things that you just mentioned that is just crazy and that's one of the places where technology helps us a lot as well to keep yourselves organized and keep track of everything you've done and what you're going to going to do yeah absolutely yes, wow yes. this is this is amazing so um all the things that you said um obviously you know i, I was uh, i think uh, you mentioned navigation my maps as well um so if let's let's go again i mean 
let's get into a little bit more detail on each of these topics. But before that, I think one of the things that um, did you mention about like photography and you know like how to do data management, all the all the information that you're experiencing, because obviously that would be a main one of the one of the main part of traveling, right? You want to you want to you want, you want those memories of your experiences. So you want you need you know like you don't capture those experiences yes 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 we don't we don't need to carry a separate camera nowadays with the advent of uh, uh, our mobile phones but how do you manage the you know the the photos that you take do you need micro sd card do you do you upload as you go how 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 is that done uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, capturing memories is important and uh, I think it is essential. I mean, you are traveling long term and you want to, you don't want to miss out on any of the experiences once you come back and actually it happens. Once you come back from travel and you get involved in work, you slowly start forgetting things. But those photographs that you have taken during your journey, I think that uh, rekindles those memories. So it's actually quite important. Uh, during our travel, we initially carried a camera, but then we had to sell it off because it was not that useful and it was just bulky. Uh, so we ended up using uh, the smartphone. iPhone camera is quite decent. Uh, and even even Samsung on a, or, or a, any Android phone, they have decent cameras these days. Uh, and uh, they are good for uh, close-ups, for uh, your photos with a background, but they are not good if you want to do night photography or you want to do, or you want to uh, maybe do a zoom uh, like zoom into a place which is very far away. So for those kind of photography, it's not that great. And then you also want to record your experiences when you're doing an activity, say you're whitewater rafting or you're skydiving or you are going in a bus or in a car or, or you're doing bungee jumping or anything like that, which you might want to do when you are traveling across different countries. So for that, I recommend an action camera. So the most popular action camera is GoPro. It's waterproof. So I'd use that for scuba diving. I'd use that for uh, skydiving, whitewater rafting, so all sorts of activities. So I think those those two cameras should be enough. And if you want to carry a camera, a mirrorless would be better compared to a normal SLR because an SLR camera with a lens is quite heavy and quite bulky. With a mirrorless camera, you reduce the size of the camera, the weight reduces, the size reduces. So that helps actually in packing and uh, also in... Um, in, in just managing the space that you have in your backpack. Right, right, right. Okay. So w w mirrorless is that I, I actually have very little understanding on cameras. I have always used relied on my phone to to take photos. What what is mirrorless? Is it is it just like a so? Tiny... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a different type of camera. So normally, what happens is uh, you have a sensor in your camera and you have a lens, and the lens actually allows the light to come in but the light doesn't directly fall on the sensor. There is a mirror and uh, the, the light falls on the mirror and then reflects to the sensor. So that's how the normal SLR cam cameras work. Uh, in a mirrorless camera, the light normally falls directly on the sensor. And that's why the body is a bit more compact. Uh, and uh, right. they, they were not that great um, when they were initially launched. They, they could not match the quality of a SLR camera, the speed, etc. But uh, 
with with the help of uh, with the uh, advent of more progress year on year the mirrorless cameras have become better the other thing is uh, in a slr camera you will have a view finder so you can normally view through the glass uh, and see what the lens is seeing so that's also because of the mirror uh, now if you remove the mirror there is nothing to see through the viewfinder so normally the, it's a digital image that you see so whatever right. the sensor is seeing uh, the digital image you see in your viewfinder so mirrorless cameras do have a viewfinder but you don't see what you're seeing uh, physically you see it digitally right, so, right, right that's the difference between a mirrorless and a slr camera i see i see okay that's that's very interesting um the other thing i think we um we also need to mention is the is 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 a selfie stick because you know what <laughs> if you can't take selfie then obviously <laughs> you need to be able to take selfie and you know some of the selfie stick you have a bluetooth um connection so you can actually um keep the camera a little bit far away and then yet have you know timed photo taken you know you can, you can be quite creative if you have uh, the camera controls yes. in your hand while the camera is a little bit further away so that's that's you know the bluetooth control part is is actually another you know <laughs> interesting technology to adopt um so one of the other things i always um thought of is um you know how what's the best way of um you know uh, sort of utilizing the memories that are accumulated you know throughout the travel do you upload on instagram as you go like you know or do you you know save everything until the end of the trip and then come back and then you know uh, blast your feed with all the experiences all together what's what's the best way so the best way is to post as you travel uh, especially on instagram or any other social media so you don't want to post everything you want to post the key things um it's it's not just for you or your audience but also for your family they also want to see where you have been to what you have done so it's actually quite uh, important to post uh, on a regular basis uh, in terms of storage uh, normally carrying a traditional hard drive is quite heavy and quite big uh, and uh, less uh, storage is available for the amount of space that you have to physically carry so uh, we we carried a ssd drive a solid state drive uh so these solid state drives are very compact very lightweight they have no moving parts so they will not get damaged with jerks or anything so those are quite reliable and uh, i would highly recommend those so we had carried two ssds and normally for photographs uh, one ssd should be enough but normally when you record a video what happens is the size of the videos are quite huge it can go up to 1 gb 2 gb depending upon how long you record a video and in what Uh, format is it a 1080p or a 4k video etc so based on that you will have to decide your storage but uh, anything between 512 gb 250 gb is enough for photographs uh, for the whole trip um, maybe 2250 gb or maybe 2500 gb ssds and that should suffice you for the whole trip for 5 to 6 months and then of course you try to load upload things on your google drive but you will have to pay for uh, extra storage so google drive i think is free up to 30 gb anything above that you will have to pay for it so you will have to plan everything in advance whether you want to carry uh, upload etc the other thing you need to worry about is uh, theft so sometimes or 
are lost goods. So sometimes you can lose your uh, hard drives or camera and you can also uh, get robbed. Uh, in oh. countries, especially when you're traveling, it, it's, it is a possibility and you have to be aware of those risks. And that's why it's very important that uh, whatever data you have, you also have a backup of that. So, so normally, yes, uh, it's important that you have multiple copies of your data try to upload, try to have a physical copy, uh, etc. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, so this, this is actually where it, um, you know, how, how the division comes. Like, you know, if you, if you're uploading as you go, then the question is, you know, where would you upload and, you know, what kind of, uh, how would you connect to Wi-Fi's in different places? Whether, wh whether your mobile phone that you, you know, that you're going to be using your SIM card would allow for, you know, internet in, 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 in foreign, um, you know, in foreign networks, or do you buy a local SIM card? Yes. What's preference and that kind of stuff. But then again, if you also want to have the, I mean, when you mentioned SSD, I was actually thinking of, you know, a, a better way would be like micro SD cards because they're very compact. They're, you know, like 10 micro SD cards would probably be smaller than a big 500 GB SSD hard drive, wouldn't it? Or True, true, true. But uh, the thing is, uh, the smaller the things are, the more chances of losing them. Ah, so normally you lose a key, but you normally don't lose. A, yeah, so it's about the size. So the smaller the things are, the more probability of you losing them. So if right. you have less things to manage, it's easier. If you have many things to manage, it becomes difficult and you tend to lose things. So another key important, uh, I mean, key point to note is have less things to manage. If you have too many small things, you're bound to lose something. Right, right, right. That is, that is in interest. That is a very important piece of information because, yeah, you want to do so many things, you know, go to so many countries. Yes. And you know, all of these things would have, you know, require like, you know, if, if you're worried about all the small things you're carrying, then that takes away from the overall experience. Absolutely. Yes. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, the, you know, the SIM cards and, you know, overall mobile network communication and internet and how, how would you manage that? Is it, would you get it? So uh, normally, normally, yeah. Yes. So normally what happens is uh, as soon as you land in the airport, these days airports do have Wi-Fi. Uh, you will, you might have to register or you can straight away connect. The moment you connect uh, to your Wi-Fi uh, in the airport, you can call a Uber. Uh, so a taxi to your, uh, to your destination and uh, make sure that uh, you select the right card in your Uber because what happens is normally if you select your uh, home country, a credit card or debit card it will charge you in that currency and you might incur foreign exchange transaction fees etc etc so make sure that you have the right card uh, before you order your uber always order uber in the local currency if it is available if not maybe uh, try to withdraw some cash withdrawing cash at the airport is always expensive so uh, if you're landing for the first time and if you can use an Uber, that's the best way to do it. And then as soon as you reach a hot hotel, hostel or any other accommodation that you're seeing uh, that you are uh, planning to stay, you can always ask them where the nearest ATM is, withdraw some cash and then plan your travel uh, accordingly. Um, in terms of uh, then uh, the connection when you reach your hostel or uh, hotel is that you will have Wi-Fi again there. So that's not a problem. The major problem will be when you are actually going on for a tour. So suppose you visit a site 
which is uh, very far away you don't have any wifi and it's difficult for you to order a cab or a taxi it's actually important to have a local sim card because sometimes it's easy to just call someone for asking for help asking for directions or asking for any such things people are normally gracious enough to lend their own mobile phone in case you need it but it's always useful so in my case when we traveled we had a, i had a dual sim uh, phone uh, the one plus five it's quite old now but it it served the purpose so th this has two sim cards so what i did is i took out one of my sim cards which i normally use for calling india so i was not needing that anymore and then i replaced that with a local sim getting a local sim again is uh, as straightforward as buying a look uh, a leica mobile sim card in the uk you just go to a shop pick up a card and you insert it and then you follow the instructions and you uh, start use and um, I normally use it for data very less for voice calling because it's you need internet more than you need to call someone uh, because if you have internet you can call for a uber if you have internet you can search for maps or you can search for navigation so I think data is uh, crucial so in that way um, uh, we balanced using sim cards and wi-fi um, etc Right, right, right. Okay. Um, so going back to, you know, you, you, you were talking about, you know, as soon as you land, um, you know, in, a, in, in an airport, um, one of the first thing you do is call an Uber and then go to your accommodation. So, so tell us a bit more about accommodation from planning, you know, I don't know, do you use Airbnb or what are the alternatives and how, you know, give us a bit more insight on the whole thing of accommodation. So uh, when, when it comes to accommodation, I think review is very important because you want to stay in a clean place. You also want to play, have a place where it has hot showers, especially when you're traveling, you want something uh, clean and uh, comfortable and uh, with hot showers and if food, if possible, because you want to minimize the cost. So hostels are good because normally hostels will give you breakfast. And, and that helps in uh, in saving the cost for one meal. Uh, with Airbnb, you sometimes uh, get to stay in the center of a city or uh, or 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 with a low, with a family, and they sometimes can give you good tips. So we used a combination of hostels, hotels, and uh, Airbnbs. Airbnb is very straightforward. You uh, go to a place. And then you search for accommodation on Airbnb, give your dates, contact the host, and then uh, confirm the booking. And you pay in the local currency. Now, in some uh, places which are very small, you will not find Airbnbs. And that's where you will have hostels. So if you're going to a very popular place, more or less, there will be a lot of hostels there to accommodate. But hostels means hostel means you will have private accommodations and shared shared dorms. So private rooms, uh, you can stay if you're going as a part, uh, if you're going with someone. So I went with my wife. So in some cases we booked a private room, but private rooms are a bit more expensive. And sometimes it's actually good to stay in a dorm because you get to talk to more people. But in general, hostels are better than Airbnbs because in hostels you meet other travelers and they give you more insights as to uh, what, what are the places to visit, what are the uh, tools uh, worth uh, going for, and what are the things uh, which you you might enjoy what are the things to avoid what are the good places to eat etc etc they can also tell you about your journey ahead so suppose you're going from one city to another they can tell you what are the good things in the other city and do you want to go there or do you want to skip so i think uh, in initially you mentioned about technology and how important it is for backpacking but i think there is one crucial aspect 
technology is only important if you're traveling very fast. If you're traveling very slow, you don't need all this tech because um, if you travel very slow, take a couple of years, you don't need that much technology because in the end, you can always ask people for help and you are not time bound. Technology helps when you have limited time and you want to manage things efficiently. So that's where technology right. plays a very important role. Right. Okay. And also, I, I actually really like the fact that you're mentioning about the benefits of this living in a hostel and that kind of thing, because I, I really believe in the power of community because, you know, that opens up to other fellow travelers, you get so much more information. And, you know, I mean, even when we're like, you know, as a developer, when I'm stuck, I go to the forums and, you know, yes. someone, I ask someone and, you know, I, I sometimes I get even better, better solution to what I wasn't even thinking about. And I can yes. imagine, you know, if you, if you are in a, in a sort of community of people or always meeting other travelers, you know, maybe you'll never see them ever again, but they might give you some insight on somewhere to go or, you know, and, and a very cool feature of, you know, doing something differently or, you know, that kind of advice is really helpful, I think, in this kind of situation. Um, so it is, uh, it is actually helpful. And uh, what happens is uh, when you connect with other travelers, they will have their Instagram pages or Facebook pages and you can actually follow them and then you can get some ideas. Yes. Like a uh, yes. lot of times what happens is you, you have a fixed route in mind. But when you meet other travelers, you actually adapt. So that's why it's also important. Don't book everything in advance. Book few things. The the, right. the immediate immediate leg of your journey. So suppose you're going from A to B and C, D, E. Book A, B, C. Don't book D and E. Have that flexibility because you might want to change your plan. Uh, so you need to have that flexibility in your plan as well. There is a direction in which you must travel, but there should be a flexibility as well. Otherwise, what will happen is you will get stuck and then you will say, oh, the, but this traveler was saying that's a very interesting place to visit, but now you don't have any time because you've already booked for a place. So you need to have that flexibility. So normally what we did is we booked, uh, uh, so suppose we are going to a new country, we book a place and then maybe we book another place. That's it and we keep all the other options uh, open because sometimes what happens is when you meet a hostel uh, a hosteler person in the hostel or even your airbnb host they give you really amazing tips and those tips can like i mean i've i visited places which was supposed to be just a stopover and i and we ended up having the best time of our lives just because the host recommended us uh, what to do and it was it was just an incredible experience so so i think that flexibility is also is uh, quite important Yes, yes. Agile methodology as opposed to waterfall methodology. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely keep yourself um, some some room to, you know, be agile. <laughs> um, the other thing is, obviously, these tips and cool information that you get, you know, that kind of also emphasizes the power of word of mouth. I mean, you know, obviously with technology, we get reviews and we get various information and, and in our fingertips, but there are still, you know, word of mouth is so important still in, in, in our society that, you know, not every, all the information you can just get on, on, the, on the internet very quickly. Cause you, a lot of the times you don't even know what you're looking for, but 
you know, when you meet someone who is, you know, part of your journey, they could direct you to some amazing, you know, experiences. That is cool. The other thing I actually wanted to add as well, when we were talking about hostels, um, I used to have some involvement in, 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 in music and theater and that kind of stuff. And I know of this um, um, website called Digs List, which is actually, you know, more, more mostly catered for musicians who who do various tours etc but um, you know obvi obviously it's expensive to book hotels and stuff like that so there yes, is yes. a community of people where you know they just let you stay you know in their couch for one night or two nights and you know for a for a very cheap price and uh, this uh, this is a website where you can get that kind of people who are willing to help you it's more 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 for you know arts industry musicians or theater but you know anyone can use it and it's it's actually sure. a very good community as well and they are also all around the world so that's, it's it's pretty cool um, it is uh actually cool in the sense that uh, in hostels you do meet uh, all kinds of people and it's 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 interesting that you mentioned about musicians because we went uh, to some of the hostels where we actually did salsa dancing we did yoga uh, so it's it's actually quite interesting you do meet a lot of interesting uh, people and then we had spent our time in a hostel for, during new year's eve so we went out with all the people in the hostel uh, on the streets of uh, in the, in ecuador in uh, its uh, capital and it was it was quite amazing so yes uh, you do meet interesting travelers the other thing about accommodation i think which i missed is uh, reviews reviews are important so whenever you look for accommodation try to look for pictures if uh, if if there is a picture available i think that will give you a very good idea about uh, how the place is and look at the most immediate reviews don't look at the top rated reviews look at the most immediate reviews because that helps to uh, that helps in uh, assessing whether the place has been maintained recently or there have been some issues with the place um, so hostels will have lots of uh, various reviews so you have to take everything with a pinch of salt because people have different preferences so some people's idea of cleanliness and some people's idea of hygiene and some people's idea of order is quite different from uh, everyone else so you have to take everything with a pinch of salt uh, so you look at photos you look at reviews you look at where the where the location of the place is is it close to the town center it's also important to be close to the town center because that way you can you can have places where you can eat cafes restaurants pubs bars etc etc so yeah that's that's also important right 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 yes absolutely yeah reviews and that that is one of the things that technology enables us to to have because you know before yeah we could we could replace google maps with a you know book although inconvenient the information is still there but yes reviews like that you know it, it wasn't possible before the way we have now that kind of information and insight on when where we're going that is a very cool feature that technology has allowed us to to have nowadays right so um we've talked about accommodation but let's let's come back a little bit because you know in order to get to the accommodation we need to take first book a flight and then get to the destination so tell me a little bit um tell the you know um tell us a little bit about flights how you would book it how you would plan it what's the best site and how you could get potentially you know cheap flight rates etc what what's your so uh, normally uh, it's it's 
it's good if you can book flights in advance because the more advanced you book a flight the cheaper it is if you book flights very close to the uh, time of your departure then those will be very expensive so some of the flights we actually booked uh, way in advance almost 3 4 months in advance because that gives us uh, a very good rate the other thing is uh, travel light i think a uh, lot of times when we call backpackers there is a reason they are called backpackers because everything that they need is on their back uh, in a pack and that helps in uh, reducing the check in luggage and most of the airlines now charge to have a check in luggage uh, especially small small haul not long haul but small haul flights so it's important that you have everything in a small pack so it's easy to pack everything you you have less stuff easy to manage and so you can move quickly through the check in and security for booking flights i normally relied on google flights for first getting an idea of what are the flight options available and then once i have an option of okay these are the flights that are available and these are the times that they are available for i normally try to book them from the website directly because that normally sometimes gives you the best deal if you use sky scanner expedia or anything these agents sometimes they add on top some amount of money expedia is good because whatever price they quote it's the final price they don't add anything in the final bill uh places uh, websites like skyscanner you can select a flight but by the time you go to the agent website and book a flight the the price has increased a bit with google flights it gives you the option to book directly with the airline but sometimes they give options of booking a flight in uh, the local currency which might look cheaper but sometimes you have to go to the airline just to make sure that okay you can actually buy that flight so so it is important so i used a mixture of google flights skyscanner uh expedia and the local airlines and that gave me a good idea of uh what to pick and based on the price and so i think it's also important to understand that you cannot be too finicky about the price if you are too fast about the price you'll not you'll never book anything uh so if you are booking some things in advance try to book the best possible things and uh, if you think that you will get a better deal do, uh, book it then don't waste your time looking for deal every single day um so yeah right. i think that's the best advice that's actually a very good point yeah i mean if you if you spend all of your time looking for deals on everything you're buying then obviously that 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 would you know that would be quite exhausting um but actually about um booking flights i actually have two two very cool travel hacks myself so that well, let, let me share them with you as well So um one of the things is if you use a VPN before booking a flight and um you know change the country you know appear as though you're booking it from a different country you know if 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 you're booking a uh booking the flight from say for example India or Bangladesh a lot of the times um the the flight price is actually shown as a lot cheaper because yes uh you know third world countries or you know uh, non western countries they're you know they you know the the airlines kind of try to cater for you know people from all destination or from all all departure airports and um if you use vpn and you know uh, appear as though you're from you're booking from these countries you get a much much better deals a lot of the times it's worth checking sometimes it is definitely yes 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 and the other other travel hack i have is a lot of the times um sometimes your um uh, flight is um 
so if you're for example going from say you know from london to um denmark uh but if you were to go to dubai with a transit airport being denmark then it would have been a lot cheaper in yes so, yes a, a long layover yes yes a long yes. Layover. So sometimes yes. it's cheaper to buy the buy the longer flight but then when you reach the transit country you don't use the rest of your flight you just come out of uh, come out in in that airport that way you you end up saving some money and there are some websites ah. which actually cater for this exact kind of hack so they will find out all the different uh, different route options where your destination if you make your destination the transit country and then you just don't use the rest of the flight and you come out in the transit country and sometimes it works out being quite cheap Cheaper. because yeah so that's these are the two hacks i i don't um i can't remember the websites right now off the top of my head but i'll put it in the description so so the viewers and listeners can check those websites they they actually cater for this this kind of uh, travel hacks that is that is interesting but i think we have to be careful because if you're booking uh, of a flight to a destination and you just get off at the transit then you have to bear in mind that your return journey may not be possible so it might be only lucrative if you're <laughs> traveling in one direction and not planning to come back using the same airport so yeah i mean i think that's a very good uh, hack and i i i would definitely like to try it <laughs> but i would like to try it in a place where i'm going in a single direction and i'm not coming back because yeah, then it yeah, would be tricky because back. <laughs> maybe you're coming back yeah. by road or you know by yes. other means yeah and then, yes. yeah of course yeah it depends on the situation on how each of these things would be more useful but yeah yeah definitely right okay so um okay so we talked about flights um you know we're going to a destination we talked about accommodation how we're going to manage that now we want to find you know when now we are ready to sort of you know we're in the destination we're ready to explore this this new town or city but we need cash so what's yes. the what's the insights on cash or you know money in general when you're traveling you mentioned starling bank and you wanted to go into more detail as well so yeah let's let's hear about money so uh, i think uh, i'm very fortunate enough to live in uk uh, because uk is a country which has uh, a very good and uh, very advanced banking system um, and uh, some of the banks you they just have an app and it is it is quite convenient to use that uh, sort of a bank account so in uk you have uh, multiple fintech banks of uh, the techno function banks which are only a mobile app which are not there they don't have a physical branch one of the most popular ones are starling then you also have monzo you have revolut and then you have few others now uh, during my travel to europe before we did the south america backpack we experimented with lot of other cards and then we came to the conclusion that starling works out the cheapest for the simple reason that starling allows you to withdraw a uh, cash on a daily basis uh, and they put a limit on it but it's a daily limit uh, whereas banks like uh, monzo and revolut they allow you to withdraw money in a currency which is say euros but they have a monthly limit so you can only withdraw up to 250 pounds in a month any 
any uh, amount over and above that will incur uh, interest. Whereas installing, you can withdraw up to 300 pounds per day, free of cost. So suppose you withdraw 300 pound on day one, uh, you can't withdraw anymore. Then day two, your balance, your withdrawal limit gets reset and you can withdraw another 300 pounds. And that was a game changer for us because we wanted that flexibility of being able to withdraw money without paying too much of uh, tax or interest. The other thing is these banks, uh, Starling especially, what they do is they have, they follow the MasterCard rate. So suppose you go to say Ecuador and in Ecuador, they use US dollars. So if you buy anything in the local currency, which is the US dollars, Starling will allow you to buy it in the local currency. Never buy it in the in your own currency, always buy in the local currency. And what Starling does is it, it converts that uh, local currency into the exchange rate set by MasterCard. So no matter where you go, whenever you carry some cash, you always go to uh, 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 an agent or some place where you want to exchange money and they follow uh, a standard exchange rate. So in this case, Starling follows the MasterCard exchange rate. And that is one of the best rates that you can get. A Visa exchange rate is a bit more expensive. So MasterCard works out a bit cheaper. It's of course still not the cheapest, but it works out a bit cheaper. So with that uh, bank, you can then withdraw cash anywhere you want to go. Uh, so we we used a single debit card for all our cash requirements. And the best thing is, if in case your uh, card gets stolen, we can quickly lock it in the app. So so you no need to call a customer support agent or somewhere or anyone, and uh, you can quickly lock it and no one uh, can then use your card, even if they have your PIN. So that's a, a very good feature. The other feature is we used it as a top-up card. So we we had all our money in our UK bank account and we transferred the money only what we needed. So we never had a lot of cash in one single card. Bear in mind, when you're traveling, you are, you have possibilities where you can actually lose your card. So if you lose your card, you lose all the access and the access to all those uh, currency uh, in that account. So it's important to have that flexibility of having the main account in UK so that no one can uh, use it. And then you top it up, say 100 pounds or 200 pounds on a day-to-day -day or a weekly basis. And that's the amount of cash you might need. So we also used uh, credit cards during our travel, especially for car rentals, because in when you're renting a car or any automobile or anything, they normally ask you to uh, pay a deposit. And uh, normally credit card helps you to uh, uh, pay the deposit easily without using your debit card because with a debit card, you don't want to use your hard-earned cash uh, as a deposit because in case something happens, then you have to pay it. But with a credit card, you have the flexibility of paying paying it, um, paying the amount later in case something happens. The other thing that we found out is use a 0% credit card. So especially in the UK, you have this option of uh, getting a 0% credit card. And that means anything you buy, uh, you don't have to pay it immediately except the minimum monthly due. So suppose you buy flight tickets for up to £6,000. And if your credit card limit is set £10,000, then you buy flight tickets worth £6,000. And that 0% offer is there for 18 months. So for up to 18 months, you don't pay any interest on the amount that you have uh, booked the flights. But right. every month you still need to pay 10, 20, 30 pounds 
the minimum due and that gives you a lot of flexibility so so the cash we used uh, starling bank and that we also use that for payments uh, card payments and then we use credit card for uh, rentals and these are the only two cards that we used we didn't use anything else and we didn't have to convert any of our money anywhere uh, so yeah i mean you just starling bank you put a put the card in the atm uh, and then withdraw cash. Some of the ATMs, uh, uh, I must say that some of the ATMs they charge, they charge their um, because you're withdrawing uh, using a foreign bank card. They the ATMs charge some money, but it still it still works out much cheaper than uh, taking pounds or taking any any other currency and then getting that converted. Right, right, right. I mean, to be honest, I've I've come across these these new you know tech savvy banks as well, and they are actually quite convenient because they they do focus on the user experience and you know rather than you know all the bureaucracy of filling out and signing you know yes. paper forms and all of that. It's just you know I I think one of the you know one of the one of the banks like this is Tide Bank for a business account and I. Yes. I remember when I first wanted, you know, started up my own business. I, you know, went to one of the high street banks, and it it was, you know, after like a week of back and forth communication, I was fed up. And then it took me literally ten minutes to, you know, start downloading the app from Google Play Store, and from, you know, and to having an active account from. You know, within ten minutes, I was ready to go. Yes, I'm very impressed with the, these banks, but I think it's uh, it's important to mention that we are not being sponsored or, <laughs> you know, yes, definitely sponsored yes. by Starling Bank or <laughs> Tide Bank. <laughs> We're just a big, really big fan of all the things that they 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 are offering. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, I have a Starling Bank business account. I mean, after using the personal account for during our travel, I actually thanked the CEO for introducing such a nice bank because, um, I mean, uh, as a traveler, I think, um, and especially in an age where such applications are uh, available on a smartphone, I think that that dis just that displays how technology has become so essential in our lives and it has actually helped our lives become much more simpler and easier without all the need of managing, going to a bank, doing this, doing that, signing a piece of paper, asking an agent, begging, okay, to negotiating for a good rate, et cetera, et cetera. And these banks, they make it so much uh, more easy for all of us. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Right, okay, so, um Okay, so now we're, we, we, we know about how to manage our money while we're traveling, but how do we manage our communication? I imagine there would be a lot of communication. And we talked about uploading photos, etc. already, but there are different kind of communication we have to do. We have to talk to our families, you know, let, update them or, you know, let them know about, uh, you know, about our whereabouts, etc. But then, you know, there are other different kind of communication that are needed in while we're traveling. So, so let's, let's hear a bit more about that. So, uh, 
when you're traveling there are two main things you uh, must always remember you're interacting with two different kinds of audience one is a virtual audience and one is a, a real audience the real audience is people in your hostel the people in your uh, tour guides uh, or uh, the people in your tour the places you visit the restaurants the cafes the bars that you visit so those are the real people you interact with and then you have the virtual people and the virtual people are people who are uh, followers on your instagram who are followers on facebook um and people on your contact list uh, whom you communicate using whatsapp and also your family who's not traveling with you so for different types of uh, things you need different types of communication uh so for when it comes to family communication you have instagram you have facebook you have whatsapp so with these uh, mediums you can easily connect with them um and then you have google chat you have email gmail etc so you can actually quickly communicate with a lot of people uh who are not there physically with you so this is virtual communication when it comes to physical communication language becomes a barrier especially when you are going to a country and say you are visiting 10 different countries and each country speaks a different language then it becomes a bit more challenging uh in order to communicate with the local people and trying to explain them so we were lucky that in in south america the places that we visited they spoke only two languages portuguese and spanish so what i did is i downloaded the app google translate and then i downloaded the language pack spanish and portuguese and then i i i i saw that there was a pattern of uh, uh sentences that i was using every time i communicate with uh, someone i always ask for uh, how to go where to uh, uh, where to look for accommodation uh, and because i was vegetarian i always used to say that okay please don't add meat in my food so those are some of the sentences which i use regularly um uh, or i i could also ask for okay how to book a cab etc etc so some of the sentences that you uh, that you use frequently you can actually um uh, translate them and it it's there in your history so as soon as you find someone you just show them the text they read it and they can type it in the app and they can show it back and it's translated if you have data what you can do is you can do real time translation so as you speak it translates and then the other person can actually see it and they also speak something it gets translated and you read it um so th- that that th- those are the two different kinds of communication the the other communication which i think i missed is uh, when you have to talk to your banks so suppose you want to phone phone someone in your home country say mm-hmm. your credit card is having an issue or you are having some other problems so skype has skype credits and then so does hangouts google hangouts or google voice they have some call credits and with those call credits say you top up for 10 pounds with those call credits you can actually call a, a landline number from your phone using data now imagine right. you're calling the support number for a bank or a credit card say you're call, calling the call center so it's a landline number you're calling a landline number using your phone using data using skype or hangouts and that just that just like blew me away because i was like wow i can make, i i need to be connected on a data network so i need to be connected on a wifi but i can make a landline call and it is not that expensive it's like 1p per minute so it it is so cheap 
and when it is so cheap it just enables you and it frees up your mind because you don't have to worry now about how will i make a call to uk from brazil which is so far away i might have to pay so many so much money just in calls but no you don't have to do any such thing you can directly call a landline using such thing so this this just changed the whole game because uh, even when before we started traveling i had to call someone in argentina to modify the uh, hostel booking and i called them using hangouts dialer i had some credits i called argentina from uk uh, using data and it was so cheap I, i i spoke to about two or three minutes i didn't have to even worry about how much time i'm talking for so it it is it is that simple so i think these are the tools that actually helps you when you're traveling Yeah that is that is very cool thing to know actually. I mean a lot of the times you, you you know even if you're not traveling a lot of the times you do come across situation where you have to call landlines of you know different authorities you know in in different countries and it, it it's actually a very good piece of information to know and utilize in future. That's actually very good to know. I didn't know. I mean I I knew about VoIP calls um you know very yes. VoIP calls but I didn't know Google Hangouts can you know can do it because obviously you know something you know from a big corporate like Google you know you can rely a little bit more that their software or their services would be a little bit more reliable in in different ways. So, so they do that and they of course it it costs you money but at least it makes your life so easy. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's the whole point, isn't it, with with technology? That's 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 what we're looking for. Um so you you mentioned Google Translate obviously, but then um I I've heard about Google Lens. Uh is that is that another uh, tool that we can use for um for anything in while we're talking? Yes, yes, yes. Uh Google Lens actually helps when you are in restaurants and you're looking at a menu. <laughs> right. So so Google Lens uh, does real-time translation. So suppose you have a menu in Spanish or say Portuguese and you don't understand and you don't want to feel embarrassed in front of a waiter so you just uh, point your phone camera to the or open Google lens in your phone and then point your phone's camera to the menu and Google translate uh, Google lens will uh, replace the text in real time so as you're as you're moving you can see the alphabets getting translated and you can actually read so suppose something is written in cerveza 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 is beer uh, in english so it will translate cerveza into beer and it will show beer instead of cerveza in real wow. time and that is a very interesting tech that uh, i think that helped us a lot especially when we had to look at menus of course i had already i had data i had a sim card i had the language packs available so it was quite convenient but i think such things makes your life so much easier especially when you have to uh, look at text translation because a lot of player times what will happen is you are you are hiking and you are going to a remote place and uh, you have some text written but you don't understand where it is what it is what does it mean and if you have a phone that can translate that immediately for you i think that's a huge benefit because then you don't have to wait for a person to come to translate you that text now you can in real time translate the text and move on you can you can take a decision and you can move on right okay but are you are you not limited by um i mean obviously you mentioned um you know dual sim card etc but you, you know you have to have data in in you know like is there like a way to like download the whole 
language pack so you don't always have to rely on so so with google translate you can download the language pack so yes you can download the language pack yeah right right okay so and it does help you, you can do the same with google maps as well can't you you can download google maps your, yes your whole um you know the area that you know you're gonna visit you will download it beforehand in wi-fi so you have it in 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 your phone but uh, Google Maps has a limitation. The problem with Google Maps is remote places, hikes, etc. They are not mapped that well. Uh, there is another application called Maps.me, uh, and we use that quite a lot, even for and especially for offline navigation. The the problem with Google Maps we faced is especially when if you are driving a car or if you are going on a hike, it's not that great. So we relied on Maps.me. It is uh, an uh, it's a free app and you can download maps of particular areas and then you can delete them um, and they give you local information really well uh, so even routes for which are for hikes so suppose you are going on a hike and you rely on gps but you don't you're not sure where the route is going maps.me is very helpful google maps you cannot see routes for hikes and then we also use maps.me for a navigation in car so you download the map and you put the navigation and then it will just uh, help you navigate using maps in real time um, without worrying about data because you've already downloaded the maps right 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 okay i mean that i was gonna actually next thing i was gonna ask was about navigation and it's it's good because uh you know a lot of the times we we're just a lot of you know a lot of us are just blindly reliant on google maps and don't yes. know any other alternative it's really good to know the alternatives and their you know benefits and their features that you don't get in google maps i've heard about this other one called Waze as well Waze app that's that's quite a, another popular alternative so why, why do people use that one Waze is good because it uh, Waze actually is acquired by Google now. So Waze started off as an independent company, but Waze acquire, is acquired by Google. And Waze actually is more beneficial in city traffic because it gives you real-time traffic information. And uh, because it has a social aspect to uh, navigation, uh, so people will get alerts and you can actually tell others whether you have seen a roadblock or whether there is an obstruction, whether there is a traffic, et cetera, et cetera. Whether you see a police car, whether you see a road accident, you can actually alert other drivers using the application. So it has got a social aspect to it. But Waze again is acquired by Google. So you can of course definitely use it and Waze can be used in offline mode. Even Google Maps can be used in offline mode. But I thought uh, personally maps.me, I think it was more reliable. Right, um, right. So from my experience point of view, it's more reliable. It's based on the open source uh, maps, open open street map project, I think, um, OSM. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, and actually this application was recommended by another traveler. And we had gone to Europe for a weekend and we met a traveler from India and he was traveling on his motorbike. And he said, he, he told us about this app, which I'd never heard of. And he said that how it helped him to navigate across Europe uh, and that's when we started using it for our travels and I, I could definitely see a huge benefit of using it right okay definitely i i want to explore that as well I've, I've i haven't used it myself but yeah i definitely want to want to try that right okay so um we've already talked about phone dual dual sim card and etc as well so that that part is also you know good good to know um you mentioned in the beginning about document management and you know the whole management of all the information together so what you know tell us a little bit more in detail about you know how you do all this document because you know not all of us um i mean you know uh, 
I have a British passport, but even British passport doesn't, you know, take me everywhere without visa. So there is visa management, there is all kinds of, uh, you know, other permits and etc. So how, how do you manage all of that? So uh, initially before our travel, we had to book everything in advance. So that included visas because we didn't want to take the hassle of uh, uh, going for a visa application within the country. Again, it is purely because we had limited time. If you are doing long-term travel, you have enough time to book for a visa appointment. I think best is to do that when you're in that country. But in our case, because we were doing a very quick travel through eight countries in five months, we had to plan everything in advance, especially because I had an Indian passport. My wife had a British passport. So, so we booked all the visas in advance. And then what we did is we scanned every every page of our passport, including all the visas, including all the existing stamps, and then we put it on Google Drive. So in case we lost our passport, it's actually easy to go to an embassy and show them, okay, these, this is the passport. These are all my visas. I have lost it. Can you please issue me a new travel document or something like that? Of course, you will not get your visas back. It's, it's a very unfortunate thing if you lose your passport, but it is actually important to scan all your pages because that helps you to get a travel document much more quicker rather than staying in a country and spending money on accommodation and etc etc the other thing is uh, route so we talked about uh, using google maps and google my maps to plan the route uh, but once you plan the route you need to put uh, like where um, what dates you will be where so you can plan your accommodation and also your flights uh, especially in a in a travel where you have five months limited time it's important that you know where you will be at a certain place because that will help you to book flights and i, I also mentioned that we booked flights only within the country what we noticed is if you book a local flight a domestic flight it's much cheaper if you book an international flight that's expensive so whenever you cross a border cross by land and whenever you have to go domestically anywhere try a flight because it's much faster much quicker um so so th that that's how we uh, did our uh, uh i mean uh, the the planning for the routes uh, etc then the uh, comes to the boarding passes and the tickets and the hotel bookings and etc so what i did is i had an excel sheet to uh, record everything of where we are, what are the contact uh, numbers, what is the address, etc. This helps us not just me, but also my family. Because suppose I'm stuck somewhere or I'm lost and I have not called them in a day or two and they are not aware of my whereabouts. They can actually quickly call the hotel or hostel that we have gone to because we have a booking and they can contact them and ask for our information. And I think that is very important as well, because if you have a centralized place of managing this information, it helps everyone, you, your partner, your family members, because they are at ease because they know, okay, at this date, they are there. Of course, I mean, I am, I am super organized. I, I, I might say not everyone is that organized, but essentially Google drive, OneDrive. I think it's important that you put all your documents there. So everyone has easy access to it. Maybe your family members, your friends, your partners. So they have easy access to those documents. 
then for booking uh, all the information gmail so you email companies um, asking for tour guides asking for better rates asking for information etc etc so gmail was a, a chosen option for managing all the communication and you can use gmail from your mobile phone as well and also try to download few documents which are important especially the passport scans maybe the photographs that you might need offline in your phone because sometimes you may not be able to uh, connect to the internet at a border or an embassy or uh, uh, yeah at 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 an airport and you might need a photograph or a photo of your passport so some documents it's better to uh, scan it and keep it in your phone so so we used uh, all the google maps google docs google sheets google drive gmail and then for scanning documents so suppose you visit few countries after that you might have few stamps and if you want to keep a record of which countries you visited you might want to take a picture of those so we use microsoft office lens you can use google lens or you can use office lens and uh, both take a picture and then save it in your phone so and that's almost like a scan quality from your smartphone so that helps in uh, scanning and storing a photograph of a page of your passport or any other important document and then uploading it somewhere because if you take a standard photo it 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 just looks like a photo but if you use these app office lens it it shows that it's like a scanned document um so so yeah those those apps are yeah quite good great great these are these are all really good information and i mean i'm fascinated by you know after hearing your story and i'm actually really motivated to do something like that myself and you know all of this information is is just so helpful and i'm going to i'm going to start start you know creating all of these documents and you know an excel file to track yes. and plan everything as well and i i do recommend this i mean even though i don't have a frame of reference because i haven't backpacked but yeah just just listening from amit i'm i'm just so excited and i'd recommend that to our viewers and listeners as well it is it is definitely one of the things you want to keep in your bucket list and want to want to give that a go um so i you know i think i have a good understanding from you know start to finish you know we covered from flights to what you're going to do and how you're going to ev eventually come back and you know an overall management of the whole 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 travel plan um do you have anything else that you want to add for our listeners and viewers i think one last tip uh, is uh, if you want to save on accommodation um uh book a overnight journey by bus or flight so that you can save on some uh, accommodation cost so what we what we noticed is that if you are traveling to say in a country you are traveling from one city to another if you go by bus you first save a lot of money because it's cheap uh the second thing is uh, you save on accommodation because you're sleeping in the bus for the night journey so you right. save on accommodation um and you reach the destination by morning and then you can freshen up and then start exploring um and uh, in south america uh, some of the buses they are really luxurious you will have a tv with movies and you will have recliners and you will get blankets you will get a water bottle some some people even give you some food etc so depending upon how much you can afford you can actually travel luxuriously in a bus and it is so comfortable that uh, we actually quite enjoyed our traveling in buses there was actually in in one of the buses there was actually a person handing out blankets food and 
etc etc and they had different right. classes right. they they have different like economy and business class in a bus oh. <laughs> right okay that is yeah no i've 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 been to some of these uh, luxurious buses and they are actually you know you wouldn't you wouldn't have the the tiredness of traveling you know yes. you could actually have a good night's sleep with blanket and you know air conditioned and everything and yes. yeah I, I i i i've experienced that that is actually quite you know they have really made it into like 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 a flight almost you know where you know you get the blankets and the food and everything um yeah definitely um that is that is a really good tip um you know you could that definitely i mean one of the main costs uh, you know as you mentioned is accommodation costs and yes you know, time is also very important so yeah you can save on both very very cool tip great so uh, yeah this has been a very informative and very exciting insightful talk thank you amit for sharing all of that um yeah to our listeners and viewers i hope uh, you guys definitely have a crack at doing this even if it's not for five months or a year even if it is for a month i definitely think it's something that everyone should at least you know try and do once once in once in a lifetime um, thank you everyone very much for for listening to us and uh, we will hopefully see you guys again um, next week with a brand new topic and uh, yeah please feel free to subscribe and like so you can you know um, keep listening to our talks and um, stay in touch thanks a lot everyone and bye <laughs>